So here we go. I'm sitting here with Chad Forrester. We're talking about the the power of building a, a winning team, setting the corporate culture. Chad's a GM of 100,000 square foot retail box in the home improvement space. He has a successful track record of taking underperforming big boxes in multiple locations within the United States, so quite literally different parts of the country, bringing them from underperformers to top in their area, in their industry. Uh, Chad, one of the things, and I know this because I've talked to you in the past about it, promotions. And this ties into those relationships, whether it's vendor supplier relationships and things of that nature. But share with the people that might be watching this today, how is it that a big box home improvement store can have a line before five in the morning on Black Friday. Like, I cannot imagine there's many big box home improvement stores that have a line through the parking lot on Black Friday, yet yours has. So talk relationships, vendors, suppliers, collecting the stuff that goes on the skid, set aside, save it for a rainy day as a give out or whatever. Like, like talk, talk about the money machine, talk about the limousine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the suit the whole shooting match oh man uh yeah so again it, it's it's finding a way to win right so uh you know black friday for most retail outlets is a, is a they call it black friday for a reason because it puts you in the, the black so uh it, it's a big deal and in in the home improvement industry it's it, it wasn't always that big a deal i mean we have some great sales and, and you know being in the home improvement industry it's it's always the shop back and the drill and combo and this and that and the other. But uh, so we, our store decided that we would do something different. And this took a couple of years to build uh, because we, we had to try to get that word out and we did a little bit more, did a little bit more. But the last year before I left, it was totally insane. It was like a circus and it a fun circus. It was a good time. Uh, but and what's cool about that is the, the leader is a really good friend of mine that took over for me when I left and he's continued that. And it's just insane out there right now. Uh, but anyway, so, um, we had a brainstorm session with, uh, my ASMs and myself, and we sat down to kind of figure out what we could do. Right. So, uh, we're going to make this big, we're going to get big again, go big, go Chad. That's, we want to do this. And, I had a, a, a one ASM that his job basically was he dealt with all operations. So he was the money guy. He, I would say, I want to do this. He'd be like, that's going to cost you much. Or most of the time he never told me, no, I'd say, I want to do this. And he would find a way to make it happen. So uh, talk about the money machine first. So I was thinking, you know, what would be awesome is if we got like one of those machines where they're in there trying to catch money as it's blowing around. And then whatever they catch, we take it off the sale at the end. Because, you know, when you, for Black Friday, the, the, the amount of the till is insane. And when it, whatever you uh, give away markdown, et cetera, really isn't going to be a drop in the bucket. You won't feel it's, it. It's painless. So then I'm thinking, well, I mean, how much could they actually catch, right? So, so we get to the design phase. And luckily, I had one of my department heads was, uh, this guy is a, a wizard with construction. So I tell him, I'm like, Hey man, so here's what I got. I want a money machine. So he built one 
and had like Toro blowers at opposite vortexes to get this swirl going. And it took a few weeks to get the hang of it, but we had LED lights in this thing. And you'd almost have a seizure when you see this thing going off the blinking lights and, and being in there. Maybe that's part of the, of the design. They wouldn't get a lot of money because they're having seizures inside this thing. I don't know. But anyway, so uh, we dumped a bunch of, of, of uh, like play money in there and blew it around. And then we let everybody grab as much as they could that were standing in line. And by this time, this was probably our third year. And we'd have, you know, 250 people, 300 people in line at four in the morning waiting to get in, knowing that we were going to do all this crazy stuff. And I have the crazy Christmas suit on with a bullhorn and I'm like the let's make a deal guy. And I mean, I was literally doing that. If you have chapstick in your pocket, come up and they'd come up and I got chapstick and then you give them a prize off the table. But so I think the most that anybody got was like $64 or something. So they came through the register and we took 64 bucks off their, off the till and, and, uh, and gave them a discount of $64. And it, it, it's just amazing the amount of electricity that was generated by this thing. But I also had another uh, assistant that was, uh, I don't know, this guy was incredible. You could give him anything. And I, I, was, in a, I was in a show one time, a bodybuilding show. And I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, I want to do the skit. I need a sword. And literally called me 20 minutes later and said, there's a sword on your desk. He could just make that stuff happen. So uh, I was like, hey, you know what would be cool is if we had a limo that would drive a, a customers around, whoever won this raffle, for the rest of the morning to, to Black Friday shop. So he goes into the office, comes out 30 minutes later, got it, boss, taken care of. The only catch is we got to let him put his limo up for the week on the apron and have his advertising. I'm like, all right. So this guy did a free limo ride for four hours and the best people in the world won this thing. It was, uh, I think it was three or four ladies that dressed all in the same sweater, had these crazy like Christmas ears on and stuff. And they, they, Chris, they, uh, Black Friday shop together every year for the last 12 years and they won it. So they left their car parked in our parking lot and got tooled around the city in a limo. <laughs> And Christmas shop, he'd drop them off. They'd go in, do their thing. He'd pick them up at the curb and off they went. But again, didn't cost us a dime. Uh, and a lot of the things was vendor participation. I would go out. I had friends that opened a gym in town. I had him come out. They were giving away gym memberships to the customers in line. So again, it was promoting their business, uh, helping my business, uh, all of the power tool manufacturers, anybody that wanted to come, they were giving stuff away left and right. But you know, it's all part of that excitement to have a power tool vendor want to come to your building at four in the morning on Black Friday it takes a special relationship because that's not the, the best thing in the world. But uh, we had a blast. And again, we had the news crew there. Uh, the, the town I was in had every major news market and they were there like broadcasting from our facility uh, Black Friday and home improvement, blah, 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 and interviewing customers. And it was insane. But uh, that's it was a great time. And my associates got behind. I mean, you think about we'd have people fighting over who would come to work at four in the morning on Black Friday. And that's not normally the case. And, and nobody wants no. to work on Black Friday. And, and I think that, that that example 
pulls in everything for those that have watched the other clips of, of Chad sharing his story and his experience, but it pulls in everything you talked about, which is involving the employees, making sure that they're happy, getting their buy-in, building community relationships, the news networks, the other business owners, the limo guy, uh, as well as leveraging relationships with your vendors, and then thinking outside of the box. And, and really, you had somebody on your staff build the money booth, and you probably used Toro blowers that you guys sold. So overall, the cost to provide that wow experience are like you said, where the customer goes out, they get in the car, and they're like, what just happened? Um, your cost to do that really was the cost of building that culture and thinking outside of the box and then just do it. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the rewards for that is, I mean, you know, not to get too far into the, into the number side of it, but our sales growth from year over year over year was astronomical. I mean, we, we were just smoking our, our you know, in retail, it's all about comp growth. How, how can you do better than you did the year prior? Because uh, basically everything's relatively the same. It's Black Friday, it's Black Friday. How do you do better in this Black Friday than this Black Friday? Well, in, in the historical side of things, it's usually the same type of, of, of sales product that you get. Uh, nothing's kind of groundbreaking. It's all about that promotion that you put behind it. And you know, from year over year over year, we were, again, what are you known for? We were known for this crazy circus and having the craziest circus on the block of all of our sister and brother stores in our district and the region. So uh, the sales followed and, and being successful on the putting on the program was great because everybody loved it. But then when I say, hey, we led in comp growth in the district, that's the part that hit home because what we did meant something and it, it, the proof was in the pudding. It's, it showed up in the numbers. And, and when you look at, and I know what market the store was in, so I know they have an NBC affiliate. Uh, I believe they have an ABC affiliate. They have a Fox affiliate. And when you start looking at networks broadcasting from your parking lot, not just one, but multiple. I mean, you can't, the, the cost to buy that amount of TV time is, would be insane. And you got well, it for free. Well, <laughs> they showed, and then they showed up. Yeah, and then piggyback on top of that, right? So that relationship that I built with those newscasters, when we would do something as simple as a pro event, I would call them and say, hey, I'm doing a pro event. Would you mind covering it? And they would come. And again, it's, and it was free. And, and they'd like, hey, man, tell me anything you got going on. But now the turnaround to that is what I could do for them. Now they would call me and say, hey, we want to do a spot on snowblowers. Would you mind talking? And you got to pay it back. So I'll be like, absolutely, man. Come. And you know me. I mean, I'm, I'll talk to anybody. So I'm like, yeah, come on, let's do this. But it's, and, and it's like, hey, we're going into spring. Would you talk about lawn care? Absolutely. They were going, they would do their stuff. I would help them. And then anytime I called them, they would be out and doing the spot. And we'd always end up on the news. It was crazy. And, and you weren't buying it. And I, I think that's, you know, we, we look at, in our world, organic growth, or we look at internet marketing and organic advertising where there's no ad buy, there's no money spent. And once again, you're confirming that if, if you put good content out there and you build relationships, 
you don't you don't have to buy more tv commercials you know because if you're if you're giving back to the the network and giving them content that's of value to their audience well they're going to be willing to come back and and shoot on location from your box and and really that now you just got better than a commercial spot and you didn't buy it yeah exactly exactly